from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. The subject of drilling for more of America's own energy resources continues to be a hot topic in the presidential campaigns. And whenever people talk about drilling, Alaska is mentioned as one of the most promising locations for new energy supplies. To discuss Alaska's potential, we've invited API's Richard Ranger into the studio today. Richard used to live and work in Alaska's major oil-producing region. Welcome, Richard. Thank you, Jane. Describe, if you will, your industry experience in Alaska. When did you work on Alaska's North Slope? I worked in Alaska for a period of about 15 years through the 90s and into the first part of uh, this decade and uh, in, in exploration and production, in pipeline transportation, and in marine transportation. I worked on the North Slope in the mid-90s for a period of about a year and a half and um, at that time was involved in both permitting new exploratory wells and uh, oil spill preparedness planning for uh, both exploration and production. You got to the North Slope several years then after the Prudhoe Bay oil field actually began producing oil. That's correct. But at the very beginning, how much oil was flowing through the Trans-Alaska Pipeline to the lower 48 states every day? At peak production, which was through uh, the, the much of the 80s and I think just into the 90s, the uh, pipeline was transporting around 2 million, 1.9 to 2.2 million barrels per day. And now... It's down to about 717,000 barrels per day. So there's been quite a decline as some of the older fields have begun to decline. But there are other areas up there that perhaps could be explored. So what do we know about the oil and natural gas deposits in Alaska? Well, we know some things, and we really need to know a lot more. Since the discovery at Prudhoe Bay in 1967 and the construction of the infrastructure, including the pipeline, that's been able to move that oil to market, there's been the opportunity to develop, to develop a lot of what are called satellite fields, smaller accumulations that maybe by themselves wouldn't have supported all the infrastructure necessary to move oil from the north of Alaska to the lower 48. In that time, there's been quite a bit of exploration. Uh, a couple of hundred exploratory wells have been drilled, and new fields developed to the east and to the west of Prudhoe, covering an area of about 150 miles east to west. Well, what do the government's estimates say about the amount of oil that could be found in that area, or perhaps well, elsewhere? The government's estimates are, are uh, quite encouraging, and they show that uh, for crude oil, there could be anywhere from uh, 19 billion barrels of, of uh, undiscovered oil resources onshore, and perhaps as many as 26 billion barrels of oil resources undiscovered offshore. But the undiscovered uh, figure is key because uh, really, though there has been a fair amount of exploration right around the Prudhoe Bay North Slope area, some of these other areas have only been lightly explored. Are they open for exploration at this point? Some are and some are not. And this is one of the things that, that we've been raising uh, with government, with Congress, and, uh, and with the public. One of the key areas that p many people have heard about is the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, or ANWR, which lies uh, about 75 to 100 miles east of Prudhoe Bay along the Canadian border. The coastal plain, a small portion of a, that refuge, which is the size of the state of South Carolina, is considered to have very, very high potential for uh, new oil discoveries uh, as much as 10 billion barrels or more, and an amount of oil that if it were to be produced would yield about uh, a million barrels a day 
for uh, as much as 30 years. Well, recently in Congress, a bill was introduced to um, accelerate exploration and development of oil and natural gas resources of the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska. Now, that reserve is not part of ANWR. Uh, Does it have the same kind of potential that ANWR has? That's unclear. That it has potential is true. There have been uh, approximately 20, slightly more than 20 wells drilled in the past 10 years or so in NPRA, which is a very large area to the west of Prudhoe Bay, uh, between the Prudhoe Bay existing fields and the town of Barrow, which is the northernmost town in Alaska. The difference between the two areas is uh, that NPRA, which has been known to have the potential for oil and gas since approximately the 20s, when it was first established as the Naval Petroleum Reserve by President Harding, covers a much larger area. The, uh, the belief currently is that the oil accumulations are much more widely scattered and tending to be smaller and tending to be at a greater distance from the pipeline than Anwar. It's not to say that there isn't potential there, but uh, to date, there, there have not been commercial discoveries announced in this area, though, as I said, some 23, I think, wells have been drilled in the past 10 years or so. So if you were to weigh the pros and cons of developing the NPRA, the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska, and ANWR, which one would perhaps uh, create benefits more quickly? What we're, what we're arguing at API is that access should be provided to both, that uh, there's potential in both. There's belief that that potential is considerably greater in ANWR. And so we're not arguing one in place of the other. What we're saying is that in, in the quest to provide energy that Americans need, we need to be looking at the areas of highest potential, which, which means, in our view, that uh, access to the very small area of ANWR that uh, holds the potential for considerable oil and gas accumulations should be available for companies to explore. But there are industry critics that are very, very concerned about drilling in ANWR, as it's called, because they say it is a wildlife refuge, and they call it pristine, as though it has been untouched by human hands. Is that true? That it's a wildlife refuge and that it has, uh, that, that because of that fact it offers valuable habitat is indeed true. Our industry, on the other hand, has a history and an experience of operating safely and in an environmentally sound manner in wildlife refuges as diverse as the Aransas Pass Refuge in Texas, which is the winter home of the endangered whooping crane. In Alaska, in the Kenai National Wildlife Refuge, which uh, was actually the site of the first significant production in Alaska beginning in the late 50s at the Swanson Riverfield. So oil and gas have coexisted with wildlife preservation and habitat protection. In the case of Prudhoe Bay, an area where uh, at one time as much as a quarter of U.S. oil production was obtained, you have an area of rich diversity of, uh, of habitat, of uh, a caribou herd that has increased in size some four to five times through the history of uh, oil production beginning in, uh, in the mid to late 70s. It's got a, actually a much richer and more diverse uh, bird population than does the coastal plain of Anwar. And through this period of time, with uh, close government scrutiny, numerous uh, environmental studies, not just by industry, but by third parties, by academia, uh, there's been a general recognition that industry operations that have produced some 15 billion barrels of oil for Americans have uh, still enabled the wildlife to thrive and uh, the habitats there to continue to sustain those wildlife populations. 
we believe that experience is important and should be recognized and, and, and we believe should equip us to say that we can also develop safely on the uh, coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. But back to my original question, Richard, is it true that Anwar is pristine? There is nothing. There is a town on it right now, a small uh, Inupiat native village called Kektovik. There have been, over time, uh, there were a couple of dewline sites that were established in the late 50s. So the hand of man, though light, has been on the Arctic, the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge, for uh, you know th- throughout the century, and uh, the settlements of the Inupiat go back obviously much much farther than that. It's certainly much wilder than uh, than the area around Prudhoe Bay because of the infrastructure that is now there to support oil development in Prudhoe Bay. But again, the experience of Prudhoe Bay, and even more so, the experience of the newer fields that have been developed in the uh, North Slope, such as Alpine on the Colville River Delta, uh, we believe demonstrate that you can produce oil safely in a manner that uh, will still allow that w- refuge to be managed for its wildlife uh, values and still allow those wildlife populations to exist. Are there other parts of Alaska, perhaps OCS Alaska, along the coastline that should be explored and potentially developed for oil and natural gas? The outer continental shelf of Alaska is uh, gaining new interest by uh, by industry. The Chukchi Sea, which is off the northwest uh, coast of Alaska, and the Beaufort Sea, which is the area due north, both uh, also considered part of the Arctic Ocean. Both of those areas are thought to have potential for uh, oil and natural gas, um, perhaps as many as uh, 26 billion barrels of oil, perhaps as much as 132 trillion cubic feet of natural gas. That's potential based on U.S. geologic survey estimates, undiscovered, and work needs to be done. The first lease sale was held uh, earlier this year on the Chukchi Sea, and a couple of companies have been planning exploratory efforts uh, on those leases to see whether the potential exists. Other areas, the interior of Alaska is uh, still largely unexplored, may hold some potential, and uh, the area around Bristol Bay, or the, what the Minerals Management Service calls the North Aleutian Basin, north of the Aleutian Peninsula, south of the main part of Alaska, is also an area thought to have potential, uh, particularly for natural gas. But finding natural gas in Alaska can be a bit of an issue, can it not? Because you've got to be sure you can transport it to where it can be used. That's correct. The, right now, the, uh, Jane, the only infrastructure for moving hydrocarbons out of Alaska is associated with the Trans-Alaska Pipeline System and the tankers that carry oil uh, from the Valdez Marine Terminal south to uh, U.S. West Coast markets. To deliver significant quantities of natural gas, we're going to need a gas pipeline uh, from Alaska to uh somewhere in the remainder of North America. That has been uh, a controversial project, certainly so within the state of Alaska. It's uh, been given careful consideration as well by the Canadians across whose land some portion of that pipeline would run. Recently, the uh, just earlier this month, in, in August, the uh, state of Alaska's legislature approved the award of a contract for that pipeline construction to a Canadian-based company called TransCanada. Um, TransCanada doesn't own the gas. There, is a lot, there are a lot of commercial negotiations that remain ahead. There are permits that remain to be obtained. Um, some groups have announced their opposition to that pipeline, uh, but uh, that, that project's going to be necessary to bring the volumes of gas many believe to exist in uh, northern Alaska 
to lower 48 and Canadian markets where we rely very significantly on natural gas as our cleanest uh, hydrocarbon fuel. So the bottom line is, apparently then, from what you're telling us, is that Alaska has tremendous potential. It really does. It was thought by many, say, in the 90s to be of less potential, and certainly at a time of lower oil prices, it was seen as a high-cost area to operate. It is still more costly because you're farther to the north, you're dealing with Arctic winter conditions, you're at a greater greater, greater distance from, uh, from infrastructure, but uh, there's strong belief that there's considerable potential up there. There's increasing interest in the Arctic Ocean Basin as a long-term target for exploration. So for a world that uh, needs energy, for a nation that needs energy, uh, there's going to be attention paid to the potential for Alaska for a long time to come. Thank you very much for joining us today, Richard, on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.